This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Alonzo smokes one to deep left center. Forget that. That is way out of here. Pete Alonzo gives the Mets the lead with his sixth home run of the year. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. It's episode 156. The Mets have gotten their redemption. They welcomed the Padres back to town. They went 0 for 3 in their series against them last year, but they kick off 2023 with a 2 out of 3 victory against the San Diego Padres. Bad memories have been erased for the most part, and the Mets look great in most of these games. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, aka Jolly. Joining me is Jerry Blevins. Jerry, how are you feeling 13 games into the season with a winning record? Uh, good. You know, this was a good test, this Padres series. Um, they got to Darvish. The only yeah. thing missing from full redemption is uh, Mr. Musgrove himself. I know. You know. He wasn't here. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> that's that's still on the, the to-do list, I'm sure, for a lot of guys. But uh, it was a good test. Freaking Pete Alonso is amazing. Monster. Um, the, all three starters had a good outing. So it was, it was, a, it was good. I feel good about where we are. I would love for another power bat. Like, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you know, if, if Alvarez is the guy, if he's not ready, we'll talk about it. I'm sure. Um, but I'm worried if, if uh, Lindor or Pete ever has a significant time off. Yeah. You know, so, I but mean, I like the team. I think the bullpen has been solid yet, maybe unsustainably good because of how many innings they've chewed up, but Max looked really good. I think his he's back on track. Peterson was throwing strikes and looked the best start, as you noted, his best start of the year. And then McGill looked comfortable and excited and, you know, uh, very positive. Yeah. Hey, everyone, just going to briefly interrupt this episode to tell you guys about today's sponsor, which is the DraftKings Sportsbook. Guys, baseball season is underway. It's in full swing. And whether you're rooting for the home team or just your favorite player on the field, the best betting is going on right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on a pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if that bet cashes. Spread that money on some same-game parlays. Combine a bunch of teams for the day that you think are going to win or some players to get a hit or take a walk in a game pretty much anything you can think of you can combine into a parlay and get an even bigger payout at the end of the day go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now it's free and easy to use use our code SHEA S-H-E-A bet $5 on a pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if that bet cashes only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHEA minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details any resources you might need for a gambling problem or gambling addiction are listed down below as always thank you you guys and thank you DraftKings for sponsoring this episode and now back to the episode of Shea Station. Three good starts bullpen did their thing with the the parts that we still have left and the guys who are the stars got it done at the plate. There's definitely lineup conversations to have. There are kid conversations to have with the ones that are up and the ones that are down and we're going to get into all of it. Do you want me to tell you what happened this series Jerry? 
I do. Give me that recap. I'm going to fly through it. Just watch me. <laughs> All right. The Mets welcome the Padres to town. They just took a series from the Marlins trying to finish this homestand strong. They go into game one with kind of the vaunted matchup. Max Scherzer versus you Darvish part two. Part one did not go our way, but it was looking good in part two early on in the third. Jeff McNeil swinging first pitch, doubles one down the line to get two runs home off Darvish. More than the Mets scored against him in that wild card series, which we love to see. Max Max Scherzer looked good in the start, definitely labored at times. A lot of heavy pitch innings, 98 pitches through five innings on this one. They ultimately pull him before the six, so that final line looks pretty good. He allowed only the one hit on three walks, no earned runs allowed, six strikeouts, 97 pitches, 12 whiffs. Max, when he was at his best and needed his best pitch, got the job done and gave the Mets a chance to win, which is really what you can ask for there, and hopefully he can build on it from here. Later on in the seventh inning, the Mets rallied to put up three more runs. It was an Escobar sacrifice fly and Lindor coming through with a key insurance hit, a two-run double off Tim Hill. And this was the story of two squibs that kind of just went the Mets' way. A beautiful Guillaume bunt, Nito kind of just topping one down the third baseline. It kind of felt like the game was in the Mets' hands once those two balls stayed on the line and stayed fair. The Mets' bullpen definitely did their part too. Four innings pitch, no earned runs, one hit, eight strikeouts from John Curtis, Drew Smith, D-Rob, and Adovino to get the job done. Adovino with a little mellow at the end, which I loved. Mets went 5-0. Little signature. Come on, get (laughs) with it. Going into game two, feeling good, feeling hot. The Mets load the bases in the first inning with nobody out. The Mets are going to sweep the Padres. Here we go. Revenge tour is on. Then they fail to score. Okay, back to earth. Peterson and Weathers, they're going to duel through the first four innings of this game. Canna gets a sacrifice fly to break the ice. Manny Machado, though, later on gets a two-run double to spoil David Peterson's spotless outing thus far. Still a great outing for him, though. Five and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, six hits, six strikeouts, only two walks. We love that from David Peterson. Keep the walks down, throw strikes. He got 10 whiffs in this game on 89 pitches. Denny Reyes. How about him? An inning and a third out of relief. Brooks Raley, they combined for seven outs of scoreless relief to keep the Mets in the game. The Mets get two on with one out in the eighth inning. They don't score. Lindor strikes out. Another tough rally cut short. Buck kind of has a tough bullpen decision on his hands. He goes with Dennis Santana in the ninth. It does bite him. He gives up a two-run homer to Xander Bogarts. And it hurts especially because the Mets go on to score against Josh Hader in the bottom half of that inning. An RBI single from Tommy Pham. They have two runners on for Nito. He grounds out. Francisco Alvarez comes up with a chance to tie the game with a single. Josh Hader does not throw him a single strike, but he goes down swinging anyway. The moment was a little big for the 21-year-old catcher. The Mets lose 4-2. Heading into the rubber match, Juan Soto puts one beyond Shea Bridge off Tyler McGill. Things are looking bad early on with the series almost in the Mets' hands from the night before. It's 2-0 Padres in Game 3. They load the bases again in the first, this time with one out and they fail to score. Things are looking pretty dire, but Brandon Nimmo bails them out in the second inning with a double, you know, a ball that probably should have been caught from either Juan Soto or Trent Grisham, who was over there for some reason. Either way, the Mets will take it. It's a two to one game. Francisco Lindor decides to tie it with his second home run of the year off Blake Snell. Pete Alonso gives them the lead with an absolute moonshot that Blake Snell had a really funny excuse for after the game that I definitely want to talk about. But first, Tyler McGill settled in after a shaky first inning, Five innings pitch, two earned runs, three strikeouts, just the one home run for him. He settles in, gives the Mets a chance to win. The Mets 
Load the bases in the sixth inning with nobody out. Nito hits into a double play. It looks like the same story again, but Brandon Nimbo clutches up, punches one through the right side to give the Mets some insurance. And the Mets bullpen, they walk a tightrope in this game, but they ultimately get it done. Four shutout innings and four strikeouts from Smith. Rayleigh, Robertson, and Ottavino. Rayleigh passed it to Smith. Smith passed it to Robertson. Robertson looked great in this outing, got the big lefties out, and then Adam Ottavino seals the save in the ninth. Multi-hit games for Alonzo, Pham, and Nemo. McNeil draws three walks. It's all looking Mets later in this game. They win 5-2. They take the series 2-1, and they are 7-6 on the year. Good job. Nice recap. Uh, I didn't I didn't catch Blake Snell's postgame. What did he say? Mm. So I don't know if you saw the clip of him showing the pitch com to the camera and then kind of tossing it away. He was fed up with his pitch com. Apparently, see that. he wanted to call for a two-seamer and hit slider by accident. And the comms between him and his catcher were messed up. So he decided instead that he was going to throw a fastball down the middle instead of taking an automatic <laughs> ball. And then it got crushed by maybe the best home run hitter in baseball right now. I would have uh, taken the ball instead of giving the team a run, but... I'm, you know, I'm neither here nor there. What do I know? Hey, there's frustration, and and I've been there where, like, when you throw a pitch without conviction, it always, always hurts you. Like, it's 100% gonna get blasted. So, yeah, uh, I'll have to go back and look at it. But that's Pete I'll crushed that. <laughs> Dude, Pete, Pete is locked in. What is it, man? What's different? Uh, he's he's making them pitch to him, and he's understanding that where he is in the order and who he is, they're going to have to be careful. So he's picking his pitch where he wants it. And if he's not getting it, he'll take his walks. It's right. incredible. And he, when he does swing, he's not missing. So yeah. he's locked in. We got a small sample size, but walk rates are up for Lindor, Alonzo, and McNeil. And we, you know, we talked a lot about like, you can pitch around these guys without a lot of insurance behind them. But there's also great value to just taking the walks when you get them. McNeil with three walks in the last game. That's very not Jeff McNeil at all. Why pitch to the batting champ if he's just going to get a hit off you? But when they're swinging, they're making it count. It's cool. That's uh, And again, that's huge for McNeil. If, if he can add the dimension uh, of making pitchers throw strikes into his game, which he's very capable of doing, uh, he, he's, he's going to climb another level, I think. But I am a little worried about Lindor's strikeout rate. Yeah, it's um, a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. He's been swinging and missing a lot, um, but he's also crushing and playing great defense. So it's not like he's a, you know, a, a black hole in the middle of the order. He's doing great, um, but it is a little concerning. His line is really interesting because this series he was great. He went three for ten, a double, home run, three RBI six strikeouts in three games and he has two at least two strikeouts in each of his last five games so yeah the whiff rate is definitely there for sure yeah but he's he's capitalizing so uh and then nimmo's awesome dude nimmo you know looked great in the last game god yeah he looked great you know taking his taking his big hacks when he needs it um driving the ball hitting lefties taking his walks, stealing bags. I was going like, to ask you, like we were anti Nimmo stealing and now gosh, I don't know, man, I'm kind of into looks, it. I am very into it. Yeah. I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a roll of the dice with him health wise, but he's figured out how to slide head first. He looks comfortable in his lead. He's getting better jumps. It's something that 
it wasn't natural to him that he's worked at like defense. Yep. He looks great stealing bags. So if we can get him to make room, get a get into scoring position after a walk with with Marte and behind you, like another dimension. So he it, it has been an unsuccessful attempts for the first part of his career, but now he looks good doing it. Jerry, I think the Mets might just be like a fast team. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I like slept on the speed, but like everyone's still like Tommy Pham is two steals. I had that like as a season long total, not, you know, two weeks into the season. Come on. That's crazy. Tim LaCastro? Yeah. Nemo? Well, this is, this is what you got to do if you don't have another bopper in your lineup, yeah. like, you know, and so I love it, man. And this is, LaCastro's not even playing much and he's still, you know, speed is still a factor. So it's nice, especially for an old ass team like the New York Mets to, to see speed. Yeah, the old the men can side. run. How about that? Their <laughs> knees don't hurt. How about that? McNeil <laughs> got a steal. <laughs> yeah, so there's there's a ton of love uh, between, you know, the starting pitching. The bullpen had two great games. Uh, Lindor and P came up with big hits. And I, I, there are negative things to talk about, but I think I want to keep it on the plus side definitely early in the show. Where do you want to jump to? I, I want to jump to Max Scherzer because I think I am very optimistic with what I've seen from him. Um, yeah. It seemed like he turned a corner in that third inning. I think it was the third inning. He started trusting his fastball in the zone. He didn't have the, the same velo, but he was getting swings and misses on the fastball in the strike zone at 91, 92, up to 94. And it had that late life. Like the mm. velo's not there, and I think it'll he'll build up to that. But it's coming out. It has life. He's getting that extension. And then from that, he'll get the chase on the breaking balls. Because I think he was worried about his fastball in the zone. And he said something post-game after a start. He's like, uh, it's nice to know I'm not broken. Right. Um, you know, some of the problems I had before, you know, I, I don't need to reinvent the wheel. He realized that he still knows how to pitch. He's still, you know, Max Scherzer. So I think five shutout innings and only one hit. Uh, it doesn't look as pretty as it is with the three walks, but I think that last half of dominance is going to carry over for his next, you know, four or five starts, whatever the case may be. Cause uh, I'm very impressed and especially moving forward with, for, with Max. I think you nailed it in the fact that it doesn't look pretty, but it was incredibly important because, you know, he was sitting 93 on the fastball. Most of the whiffs came off the slider and the changeup. But I think it was just uh, kind of a confidence boost because one more bad start and basically the entire month of April can get away from Max Scherzer here. And even if it's just five, which, you know, we're used to seeing Max bulldog his way deep into games and get stronger as the innings go on. These five innings were important against a really good offense, against an offense that had opportunities to score when they were at the top of their lineup, which is easily their biggest strength because the top half clearly outweighs the bottom half of the Padres lineup. Max was able to get big outs against Soto, against Manny Machado, against Sander Bogarts. And I think that itself is a huge confidence boost. Yeah, and I think moving forward, five shutout innings is not going to be satisfactory. Right. Um, I think he's going to need to start going deeper. I think he will. I like. I honestly feel like he took a major leap like in those mid-innings because – I think he had so many full counts, like seven or even more than that. That's why his right. pitch count got up. Um, but I think he realized halfway through, like, oh, yeah, I could do this. And then I think he was going to go into the six, but Aaron Nola 
fought off some really good pitches and had like a 12 pitch at bat ended his night. But uh, again, very positive signs. No, across the board. And I think if you want to talk about positive signs from a starting pitcher, we also got to talk about David Peterson, who maybe needed a good outing more than Max Scherzer did, because while Max Scherzer has been struggling, Max Scherzer is not going to get booted from the rotation once Justin Verlander's back. Peterson, you know, is a candidate for that right now. It's kind of between him and Carlos Carrasco, if we're being honest with ourselves. And he came out and that slider finally looked great. I think he looked more confident with his fastball. And, uh, you know, the two walks, obviously, you look at that and you say, wow, that's a much better outing. I mean, he was one out away from six shutout innings against the team that made it to the NLCS last year. That's a huge moment. Uh, yeah, I think it's it was <laughs> I, I needed to see it and I didn't think I needed to see it because I do like and I'm a big David Peterson fan. Right. Um, but what I saw from him, I was like, OK, like Machado got him for a double. Like, yeah, Machado. Is I'm like incredible. kind of a good pitch. Like that wasn't a bad pitch. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like sometimes you just got to tip your cap. Machado's one of the best hitters in the game from the right side. Uh, right. But very positive from Peterson. Uh, I like what I saw. Like I, I, another very for the first rotation, first two times through the rotation, the every start was like, oh boy, what are we going to yeah. get? Because you had Scherzer get lit up in the sixth two times. You had Peterson all over the place. You had McGill all over the place the first round, but, um, you know, had good defense behind him in Miami. And you had the question mark then Singa, who got out of a jam in the first, but, like, he's been solid, and Carrasco has been very subpar. And so all three of these starts were very positive signs and more of, like, a big sigh of relief to, yeah. to see the, all three guys kind of click at the same time. Yeah, they each kind of conquered their own thing with Max kind of putting up a zero, David Peterson not running up the walk total, and then Tyler McGill just keeping composure after a really early first home run that went a long, long way. <laughs> like Juan Soto, I think, might have the two longest city field home runs. That thing went over Shea Bridge. It was crazy. But after that, clean spotless outing, which is more than you can ask for. Yeah, I mean, he's not he's not getting – strikeouts at all like i think he has three his last two starts each um, yeah but he's playing but into like, his great defense absolutely like i like his approach that he's had and i think those things will come but uh again like i i for the same kind of confidence or the same points that i made in peterson i felt the same way uh about what mcgill brought to the plate loved his composure on the mound i love the way he reset himself after the the big home run and just went all right, well, now it's 2-0. Do what I got to do now. Like, just very impressed. Big steps yeah, forward. Definitely agree. Uh, I I think the fan in me was a little disappointed to not see him get the sixth inning, uh, but I think ultimately, smart decision. You know, don't let him go through that lineup again. I think take him out with what he's given you, a clean line there, and trust your bullpen. A bullpen that was really, really good in this series, man. I mean, we, we talked about the high five and the PPPs which went on to age <laughs> poorly, but the fantastic four looked good, man. Smith, Rayleigh, Robertson, Adovino got it done twice in two massive wins. The third game definitely was scarier. The first game they looked utterly dominant, um, but a lot to like for the Mets bullpen, even with, you know, kind of a shorthanded staff. Yeah. Um, they look great. I mean, uh, Drew Smith is still kind of walking people and, and sporadically putting guys on. I think that's. And those fastballs down the middle are scaring me. They are scary because that's his. That's been his 
downfall has been the the home run ball because when you right. throw that four seamer, if it's not here, it's very hittable when it's down. Um, but he's putting up zeros, and yeah. you know Rayleigh has been like untouchable and then giving it up. Uh, he looked good this series, uh, and then Robertson and Ottavino. Robertson's incredible, good. man. Yeah, something about Ottavino's two seam looks awesome. It's a I don't know. Weapon. Does it look different? Like it's just, it looks so I, good. This is again. This is the beautiful part uh, about pitching and, and baseball, and you you're never done learning. Yeah. And he's he's constantly trying to get better. And this is his two seams always been a weapon, but the way he's used it to perfection lately, like uh, a right so a right handed hitter is here in the yeah. batter's box. They're sitting slider, so anything that starts here they know it's going to break off the plate away. So they're looking close. Well, he gets ahead, gets two strikes, throws that slider that goes way away. They take it. Well, then he starts a pitch here, and they're like, that's that's a ball away for sure. And then all of a sudden it takes a right turn towards <laughs> the plate, and they it's just beautiful pitching. On top of that, changeup is a, is a weapon too that he doesn't use very much. I think he's going to get – I think he's going to get comfortable with that. Um, him and Robertson have been breaths of fresh air. Uh, yeah. They're throwing a lot, but that's what happens when you have a winning ball club because the your positive, your high leverage guys got to throw. But uh, John Curtis is going to be, get some big innings. Yeah, uh, he he's he's looked really good. Nikosik has thrown some big time innings, maybe not high leverage, but he's done it. He's carried his weight. Um, so hopefully, hopefully some of the rotation guys get a little deeper. So these guys don't have to work as often, but yeah. they've, they've done their part so far. That's the next step, I think, because part of the equation is, well, when can we start getting six and seven instead of five and six from the starters? Cause th- that one inning a game will add up over time. I do. I will say I love the way Buck has deployed the D Rob and Auto Platoon. I think he used Robertson in the perfect spot today to get those four outs in the seventh and eighth. I don't think you want to wait for him and use him in the ninth and just let Auto eat up in the ninth inning. Same thing with Game One. I think they used him like I don't. He, I fully believe I he's our ninth inning guy if the lineup turns over the right way. But you use him in the spot where he's most applicable, and that just happened to be the setup role in both of those games. Um, my only real gripe with the bullpen thing was the Dennis Santana in the ninth inning. And I know you don't have a ton of options. You want to leave yourself the Curtis option if he pitches in the third game, but I would have liked to see John Curtis in that spot. Your, your tweet, for Dennis your tweet was perfect. It was just, it's, it was a crazy, I, I, what, I what was it? Have him. Dennis was Santana it? against Xander Bogarts is crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. You know, you, you have the highest payroll in baseball. And you're you're in a big leverage situation of the ninth in a winnable game, and a in a you know uh, a series winner could have been. Uh, it is it is bananas to see him there, uh, but this is baseball, dude. You play every day. It's not like you know once a week like football. Sometimes you're gonna have to have your guys step up. So yeah, and it's easy to tweet about the manager decisions when you're not in the dugout for sure. Uh, and you know, port, you know, that's a tough spot for Dennis Santana. They're asking a lot of him for a guy that came on, you know, a week before the season started. He's been um, good too, by the way. He's been fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. but that home run I saw coming from 
country mile away. Country mile away. You you but, tweeted it, and I was thinking it, and I was like, "That's perfect. That's exactly what I was trying to to think about." It was and that's just, I think that's baseball because if the Mets go on to lose the series finale, I think that's a moment that gets talked about a lot more. Instead, we're all going to forget about it in two days, and that's just how it goes. You know, sometimes you win, sometimes and you lose. That's the beauty of what Book Show Walter brings to the table is not he doesn't panic. Not every game is game seven. Yep. Um, I've been around a lot of managers that throw your closer in that situation, no matter what, and yeah. and burn it. Um, and then in June and July, your your high leverage guys are burned out. Buck has a clue. They're in communication. They know how every guy feels, and they're willing to roll the dice on a guy that might get the job done. To understand that the next over the next three weeks, you have your your guy's still healthy. So, yeah. And I mean, it was something he was so good at last year that I have full confidence. He'll be great at it again this year, you know, in a more precarious situation for sure. But so far so good, honestly. Good um, use of precarious. I like that. You like that? Yeah. I'm on my game at 1130 PM at night. How about <laughs> it? I'm so tired. Do I look tired? <laughs> no, I can't even tell. Uh, okay. Tell good. <laughs> um, yeah. It's late now. Uh, all right, let's let's quickly get through the not so good of this series because there is okay. you know talking points to be had here. Um, the Eduardo Escobar conversation will be ongoing for sure, but it was another tough series for him. Had a couple RBI, but ultimately not a great series from him. Mark Canna didn't look great out of the five hole, which I think is cause for concern because somebody's got to fit in there, especially against left-handed pitching when you don't have Vogie. We didn't see Vogie much this series because we keep getting so many lefties early in the season. Hopefully we can get his bat back in the lineup against Oakland. And then Francisco Alvarez got uh, a start in this series. Uh, looked a little overmatched in that game too, especially in that last at-bat where I think the moment got a little big. Um, what I think, what, what's the biggest cause of concern for you right now when you're looking at that Mets lineup? Uh a multitude it's it's the five spot canada doesn't yeah. look comfortable right now so uh he can't hit behind pete because they're gonna walk him a thousand times um and eduardo escobar what do you do like all the i love him and i've been rooting for him you and i both uh but all the metrics don't look great the x to velos mm-hmm. um it's tough because Beatty's playing so well so a lot of the chatter that i've heard so far went from you know, is Beatty ready? No, no, let's wait. And now it's like, you know, we'll see. And so the narrative has started to change. So is he, is Escobar out of time? I don't think so. But uh, if we're looking at, you know, the sand, it's, mm. it's thin. It's the thin. So yeah. there, yeah, the hour, that's the word. Thanks. The hourglass uh, is, is on its last leg. So uh, he either needs to, to put together some, some good games here or, you know, it's it might be mentor time. Yeah, I mean, Beatty, Vientos, and Mauricio all batting over 300, all with more than three home runs in AAA right now. Any of them could realistically get a call, and I think Mets fans would be satisfied with it. Yeah, man, leash is short. I don't think that same leash applies to Mark Canna, although, you know, that was a tough series for him. I think he's much more suited for that seven hole where he was most of last season. And McNeil looked good in the five hole. I think you just can't really put him there against lefties, but... Yeah, the Mets have some questions they got to answer. Um, the one that is going to, you know, stay answered, even if the Mets aren't comfortable with it, is Francisco Alvarez. I mean, you don't really have another option outside of him right now, and you kind of need to just let him figure it out. And I don't, I, I don't know 
if I would have played him in game three, but I do feel like going over four, striking out to end the game then getting benched the next day probably wasn't an awesome morale booster for your top prospect. But, you know, again, it's a tough situation. You got to figure out ways to put him in spots to succeed and also give him the playing time that he needs. Uh, on Canna, I agree. He's there's no he has no. Uh, he's not going anywhere, Yeah. Um, nor should he. Escobar, it's definitely on, you know, close to that. But uh, Alvarez, for me, he needs like a like I want to talk to him about his approach because a pitcher like me, seeing the way he's going about it, I would chew him up every time because I'm not mm. going to give him strikes. I'm yeah. going to. He wants he wants to make things happen so much, and it's what it's the opposite of how controlled Pete Alonso is right now. He's letting the pitchers come to him, especially in those situations where Hader didn't look great. Mm. If you if you make Hader throw strikes in that position, he's still Josh Hader. He still might strike out because he's one of the nastiest pitchers in the game. Uh, and it's not a great matchup because of the high velo. But if you make him throw a strike, if you make him come to you, I think that would change a lot for him to realize that, you know, you don't have to swing three times. Like you can yeah. – you can take a strike and be okay, work a count, and trust that you know what you're doing instead of trying to force the issue. So I think he's just he's just trying too hard, which is yeah. stupid to, to say and silly concept, but he he's trying to make things happen versus letting baseball and his skill set happen. I mean, five strikeouts and eight plate appearances kind of tells that story for you. You know, I mean, it is just pressing at the plate, trying to make a moment happen. I'm hoping that he'll get some playing time in this A series coming up with a few pitchers that don't have great numbers on the year so far, get his confidence up and then move forward from there. Yeah. Either, either you play him regularly or you send him down send bring yeah. somebody else up. Like it's, it's that simple for me. Um, I love Nito and I love what he brings to the table. Uh, I think he's every time he's starting, I think we're going to win too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but Alvarez could be a difference maker and, if he ends up being the the player, like if he jump starts his career at 21, uh, what a weapon. What a, you know, he becomes the guy that bats fifth behind Pete Alonso. Yeah. And then the he becomes like geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it could be Beatty. Who knows? Like uh, it's it's pressure. But if you have him here, he he needs to play. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You want to talk some Apple of our eye? I do. I want to talk about good stat lines. Enough good, me stuff. too. Good yeah, I mean, this is this was a good uh, good series, man. So, the apple of our eye. <sighs> I, you know, I think I think I'm going to take first this time. I've been letting you, you go, go first. first okay, you go. First. I'm letting you I, go I, first. But there is a lot to choose from. I mean, I mentioned Lindor's great stat line before. I think six strikeouts takes him out of the running for me personally. Uh, I am going to go ahead and give the apple of my eye. I'm going to give it to Brandon Nimmo, I think. Might be a little shocker, 
Because there's a lot of good to choose from. Two good starts in the series. Pete Alonso did it again. Uh, Pete Alonso is going to get a lot of apples this year. I think we can kind of comfortably say that. Uh, but Brandon Nimmo, nice little four for 11, two runs, a double, two RBI, two walks, then a stolen base. Played in all three games of the series. Two of them were against left-handed pitching. He's been great against left-handed pitching. I don't think that split kind of deters him at all. And he's been doing everything in the field, still playing a sharp center field. We mentioned the stolen base dimension of his game, kind of adding to everything. He looks comfortable out there. And he's another guy that's taken his walks when they come to him. And coming up in big spots where the Mets clearly need big hits. I mean, I go back to that. I think it was the third or fourth bases loaded where the Mets were about to not score him coming through that insurance. It kind of just was, you know, a breath of fresh air, a relief for everybody who was worried about another Mets rally getting squandered because the runner and scoring position numbers have been very poor uh, so far this year, but Brandon Nimmo in the spots where he's getting opportunities is getting it done. Nice slash line for him and very deserving of his first apple of the year. Well deserved. He's in my running. He was he was uh, the first runner up for me. Mm, okay. um, that makes me feel you, good. Didn't, you didn't put the bullpen in the apple possibilities, but they had a great one. Um, but me, it came down to two people. One was Brandon Nemo, and you picked him. The other for me is Pete Alonso. Hell yeah, Pete Alonso. Hell yeah. Probably should have won one last week or last series, um, but he went three for ten, three runs scored, a home run, an RBI, two walks. He's just carrying the power load in the lineup, playing every day. He he like his approach at the plate, you know, for as much as I would take advantage of how Francisco Alvarez is, I would be very hyper aware of facing Pete Alonso with yes. how he looks right now. I'm not giving him anything close to swinging. I'm going to walk him and he's going to walk. He's going to take it. And I'm going to probably throw two pitches and then I'm going to just not even throw the next two. I'm going to be like, all right, that's, <laughs> that's the automatic, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that's how locked in he is. And the ball he hit today, nuke. I crushed nuke, simple swing, compact. I don't care what uh, calm issues you're having. Uh, he <laughs> <laughs> he nuked it. So yeah, Pete Alonso is the apple of my eye. We couldn't snub and him in the back He's probably going to steal a base, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we're still waiting for number one on the year. Everyone's getting their swipes in. He, he took one in Tampa oh. uh, <laughs> in spring training, and I was like, oh, you might want to hold on to that one. Don't let Buck <laughs> see it until you until you do it. Nah, he's due. He's due at this point. Yeah, I mean, shout, sick- out, shout out to Tommy Pham too, by the way. Who's Tommy Pham had a nice series? Yeah, like Let's give him some quietly. Off. You know, I, we I think a lot of people, including us were sketchy not sketchy. we slept on it iffy on the signing mm. terrible spring both in the field and at the plate and we were like oh we were right you know this might not have been the best sign Patting ourselves he, on the back yeah then he's like said guess what guys uh i might force my way into this lineup a lot more often than you think so he i'm happy been, to be wrong yeah me too he's been good yeah three for seven two rbi walk stolen base run Kind of everything you can ask for from a guy in that seven hole. Just like get your singles, come up big, and runners in scoring position spots and help the team win. That's exactly what he did. Plus, he looks yep. fine in center field in the times that I've seen him out there. Looks okay. Fine. fine. I'll fine. take fine. He looks take fine. fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, a lot of great slash lines from that series. Jeff McNeil also did great. Two for eight, a double, two RBI, four walks in the three game series. That's unheard of, by the way. That's, Crazy. that's a note that's unheard of. I don't know 
he has as many walk multi walk games this year as he did all of last year. And we're how many games in? We are thirteen games into this young and season. He he already has the same amount of multi walk games. That's maybe he's that's gonna a, put up that four hundred on base like Nuno does. I don't know, man. Uh, he, he's got it. He hasn't even re- he hasn't even really started hitting yet. Like he, I know he's gonna start going and just start slapping. Mm-hmm. Hasn't started yet. It will happen though. Yeah. McNeil slaps. You heard it. Oh here. yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, Pete Alonso though, ridiculous. Six home runs in thirteen games. Nuts. Like that's just Nuts. an absurd number. Absolutely absurd. And I'm hoping we get a couple more bombs when we venture down to the Coliseum to go play the Oakland A's. Jerry Blevins Oakland A's. You ready for this? <laughs> I am ready. We are traveling out west to take on the Oakland days of the Bay Area legends Mm. themselves, hopefully for the long term. Game one, we thought we would see two Japanese superstars battling each other, but Kodai Singa decided he wants to toe the rubber on that day. He's 2-0 with a 1.59. Shintaro Fujinami, he's not getting the nod in game one. He'll be in game two, but taking his place is James Caprillion, friend of the company. He's yeah. 0-1 with 11.17 ERA. Hasn't had his great start. Was a big-time prospect for the New York Yankees. Came over, been injury-riddled. Uh, had a really good year last year, but hasn't had a great start. Neither team has faced each other, so uh, faced these starters, so there's no history there. Um, Singa allowed just one run, struck out six or more in both his starts versus Miami. And Caprillion has allowed four home runs and nine and two thirds. So maybe that's a recipe to get some of this offense started. That's game one. Game two, Cookie Carrasco in dire need of a bounce back. He's 0-2 with 11 and a half. Going against the aforementioned Shintaro Fujinami, who's 0-2 with a 17 and a half. He also needs to show himself. Jesus Aguilar, you guys might remember him from Miami Mm -hmm. and every other place. Uh, he's he's playing first base for these guys a lot. He's five for 13 off of Cookie. Tony Kemp, the leadoff man, uh, one of my favorite players. Uh, playing for the A's, he's three for seven with a homer off Cookie. The opposing teams have combined for 24 runs and two games started by Fujinami. That is a lot of runs, hence the 17 and a half ERA. Neither starter has completed five innings in the start yet this season. So who will bounce back first? Both? One? Maybe none? We'll see. That's game two. Game three, Max Scherzer coming off his best start of the year uh, against the Padres. He's 2-1 and one with a 4.41 ERA. He's going against J.P. Sears, the lefty, who's 0-1 with a 5.59. Jace Peterson uh, of Atlanta, I want to say. He played for Atlanta for a minute. Yeah, I think so. Milwaukee as well. Uh, he's 5 for 27 off Scherzer with 10 Ks. That's, uh, I think, a number he'll take, but still not beautiful. Um <laughs> Escobar, two for two. Lindor, two for three. Both with two RBI against Sears. Uh, And Sears has allowed three home runs and nine and two-thirds. So a lot of homers to be had if you're facing it. That's games one, two, and three coming from Oakland. Very nice. Very nice. Jerry, you know, you never want to go into a series and demand that a team win every game. (laughs) But, I mean, is this the closest to a should sweep as we can get? This is a fact. This is an absolute fact. And I never say this because it's you so really hard to don't. Win. I don't say this. This should be a sweep and it yeah. should be a convincing sweep. Yes. Uh, I mean, this team is got... not. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, you got three pitchers that are ERAs above 10 and five. <laughs> You're coming off your biggest series one of the year. 
You got Kodai and Max Scherzer on the bump for two of these games. I got a big circle on for game two. I'm circling that one. I need Cookie to have a good start. But this feels like walk into Oakland in a quiet stadium and win every game and really kick off the West Coast road trip. That's going to get a lot tougher after that. Yeah, this is this is a team that you should mop the floor with. Like, uh, it, you know, these are my two loves. It's hard for me to say. Yeah. Uh, but they are a very subpar team, top to bottom. They have some good players. Um, we, they might be on the move too, but they they traded. They're they're doing, you know, major league man. They're the movie plot is what's happening right now in Oakland. It's a should sweep. This is a should yeah. sweep, and I never say that. You you need to win a series, especially on the road, especially traveling to the West Coast is always hard. Uh, but they got a day off, um, and they they need to take at least two. But this should be. I'll be. I I would be a little disappointed without sweeping this team. I agree. Uh, I'm really excited to see Kodai Senga because we know that his shakiest innings came because of the crowd. I'm not expecting a big crowd for this game one start in Oakland. I'm very curious to see how comfortable he is and how good he can be against this lineup. Uh, Cookie Carrasco, need him to toss some sort of quality outing here, um, whether it's five innings pitch, just getting through the lineup twice and give him the ten- uh, a chance to get a- his first one of the season, hoping that can come together. But yeah, I mean, a- across the board, these are going to be late night watches for me. Hopefully, They'll be boring by the end because the Mets will be up by a lot of runs. Uh, yeah, this will be a weekend series too. So I, I don't know. I don't have, as far yeah. as attendance goes, I don't have expectations. I think the A's, I've been there when they've shown out plenty of times, but it's hard to be a fan in Oakland right now, especially, you know, with the product they're putting on the field. But uh, yeah, this is going to be a late one for me doing pre and post game all Hell for yeah. this series. <laughs> <laughs> post game i'm gonna be getting home real late my son my boys are gonna want to wake me up super early to play which i'll happily do but west coast games have have a new feel for me now in my my post game career because being on the east coast it's late oh, so you better yeah. tune in yeah i need to defeat the mr sleep guy allegations you know, after that <laughs> after that 13 to 12 game last year i have not li- i slept through carlos correa you remember that <laughs> We're both asleep for that. We got we got a lot to prove this weekend, Jerry. Uh, well, I'll be uh, on video and proof. So there you go. Love that. But yeah, I think that does it for our little episode of Shea Station here. Mets get a big series win. Hopefully, they keep the good times rolling. Long West Coast trip coming up. We got Dodgers and Giants after this Oakland series. So let's start hot, get a few wins, and go finish up the job, man. Let's do it. Enjoy the off day and get back to work. Let's go, Mets. We'll see you guys Let's soon. Let's go next.